On April 22nd, Washington State Superintendent of Public Instruction, Chris Reichdahl, released a video announcing its Do No Harm grading policy. The state's policy was written to ensure that students were not punished for a situation outside of their control and could impact future opportunities. In this episode, I have the privilege to hear from three perspectives on grading during the COVID-19 pandemic. My first guest is Monty Syrie. Monty is an English teacher in Cheney, Washington. He is the 2013 Washington State Teacher of the Year finalist, adjunct professor at Eastern Washington University, and the author of the blog, Project 180. Initially, I was, I was worried um, about how the state, how it was going to play out with the state. And, you know, I had tweeted something out saying, Hey, we have to do a pass fail. You know, this is just, you know, an unusual time and, and it calls for some, some different practice. And so I think the better or fairer route is, is pass fail. Um, Dana from, from Canada chimed in and said, Hey, maybe it should be incomplete instead of fail. And, you know, I think that that's what I meant. Um, you know, but I figured that out there and in, in the realm of of the Twitterverse, where most folks still practice traditional grading, that the pass fail would um, provide the better context. And um, and the reason I felt that we needed to go to pass fail is because I could not imagine how we were going to continue to um, operate with traditional grading practices, not not me, of course, um, you, you know what my policies are with grading, but the vast majority of people, how they were going to do that. And I couldn't help but think about how unfair um, and inequitable that was going to be for kids. And, you know, I had remarked on the tweet that, you know, this time is going to require an asterisk anyway, which by the way, it sounds like our state is going to provide an indicator on kids' transcripts to, to um, indicate that this was during this unusual time or environment or whatever uh, phrase phrase they used for it. Um, but I really do feel like, you know, whether we want the asterisk or not, um, whether it's official or not, there is going to be an asterisk on this time. Yeah, I've, I've kind of gone through a roller coaster ride myself with the whole policy. Initially, I was um, excited about it. I thought, hey, we can only build onto what our kids have done. And I looked at it as, because most grading practices are a deficit mindset. And I looked at it as, hey, we get to uh, have more of an asset mindset with our kids. And yet granted, our kids are all over the place with their current grades, wherever they are. Can't hurt kids right now. And kids can work based on what they, what they honestly feel is important. So like a kid that's failing two classes and getting, you know, grades that they're happy with in other classes can ignore those other classes and just focus on those two classes and develop. And they're not going to be punished for that. Whereas in a more traditional setting, they would be punished for taking the time to focus on what is immediate for them, what, what the classes that they're struggling with. So when I, when I heard it, I was initially inspired by that idea that, that kids now have more control over what's important for them than their teachers. And what really highlighted that for me is when my principal had a staff meet together and we went over it and we discussed it and we had Q&A with him. And, and it was pretty apparent to me how concerned, the biggest concern that staff had was how am I going to get kids to engage in my class now because I don't have the power over them anymore. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, Aaron, you know, 250 miles away on the other side of the state, I mean, almost the exact same conversation was was taking place. And 
And again, I was I was um, disappointed in how many teachers were worried more about catching kids than using this as an opportunity to make the the most and best of these these strange times we find ourselves. You know, and, and to be fair to our colleagues, um, it's unreasonable, I suppose, for us to expect that they're going to turn on a dime and just all of a sudden see the light, if you will. And so I, I think it's going to take time. But unfortunately, I think in that time, uh, the kids are going to be the ones who have suffered. And, you know, I suppose on some level, it's always been the kids who have suffered as we're just trying to figure this out. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's been my sentiment, too, um, that, you know, teachers are unprepared for this. Oh, yeah. You know, there's just so many variables, I think, that are out there. And that's why I think that, you know, as my wife kind of joked, you know, she's an art teacher at the middle school here. You know, there's also that, you know, uh, do no harm grace that we have to give ourselves um, as as practitioners. There are a lot of variables out there. And that's why I just think we have to err on that side of, of flexibility and grace. My next guest is Dr. Manuel Rustin. Manuel is a high school history teacher in Pasadena, California. He is the co-host of the show, All of the Above, authors a blog on Medium, where he published his piece, Give Them All A's, and is the recipient of the Milken Educator Award in 2011. I was impressed with the boldness of Manuel's piece, and I decided to reach out to him to better understand what inspired him to advocate for such an extreme policy. Um, I want to jump into the piece that you wrote, Give Them All A's. I thought it was phenomenal. Um, Not everyone thinks that, but I appreciate, I appreciate the uh, positive feedback from you. Well, it, it, you know, and whether teachers are ready to actually do that or not, um, I think your piece really exposes um, the, the inequities of education right now under COVID-19 not just from the perspective of the students, but also the perspective of the teachers and how, you know, we create our, our, our um, instructional tools in our classroom, we hand them out, but we're expected to explain them. So even though I oh, may yeah. create something that's different than what you create, I'm going to explain and walk you through this. Our kids have lost that, but also our teachers have lost the ability to do that. So I had a teacher reach out to me the other day from my campus. She's been teaching a long time saying, I'm working 12 hours a day trying to create videos and, and assess and do all this. How do I manage this? So yeah, we have teachers struggling with this. And in this whole situation, it is not equitable for anybody. Yeah. And I think it's important for teachers to not only realize that, but give themselves a bit of a, a break for, for, I mean, for example, there's, there's a teacher in my department that I'm a big fan of, probably has more history content knowledge than most folks that I know, and teaching is his second career, so he brings a whole load of skills from, from his first career. And in our department meeting the other day, he was just honest. He was like, look, I'm struggling. Like, I, I, I can't, like the videos and the, the, all the like cool tech stuff that you guys do, like, I just, I don't, I'm, I don't, I'm not familiar and comfortable with that. I'm just really, really struggling. And he was just speaking from such a place of honesty. And it's like, I hate that there's teachers who are are feeling bad about themselves for being rushed into something that they were never prepared for. Like we hadn't had any PD on distance learning, obviously. And we had at my school site very little PD on anything related to technology and use of technology. So like, you know, he probably represents so many other teachers out there that are feeling bad about themselves for something that they didn't ask for. And if that's how the adults who can fully, you know, think about the situation and, and be critical thinkers about it and analytical about it, 
are still putting it on themselves. Imagine what the students are like, just imagine what the students are feeling in their bedroom, especially those, you know, I have so many that I know were really, really committed to try to finish the school year strong. And this just totally threw them for a loop. And, you know, they're, they're having a really hard time kind of just facing themselves as, you know, just not being able to do this. And it's just like, man, I think everybody needs that time out and needs that break to realize like, look, this is an impossible ask. And it's okay if we just like chill for a minute and set the grades totally aside and just be real about, you know, what we're experiencing here. So why an A? Yeah. Um, well, a teacher that I spoke to who's, who teaches at another school site, his name is Leo Glaze. He came on our show and we we're talking about grades and um, gee, he just blurted out, like, give them all A's. It's the easiest way to make sure nobody's harmed. And if we just let that be their final grade, it's, I mean, they don't, even, they don't do that in sports. Like if something happens at halftime and the game gets canceled, like they don't just say like, well, that team was up for, so they're the winners. Like they don't do that because you never, ever know what's going to happen afterwards. Like it's impossible to know, especially for those students who were, were really, really trying to finish strong. Um, and then it's like, okay, well, that grade or higher. So those who could tap in, that could, you know, improve their grade. Well, that's not fair for the kids who want to improve their grade, but they can't because of all the circumstances. So now you're allowing a set of students to basically get extra credit and inflate their grade while the other students who would love to do that can't. So now that gap, that just academic records, GPA, class ranking gap between this set of students and those students has become larger because you let some keep going. Like it's in any other context, that idea would be ridiculous. Like the NBA season stopped. Not every team had players with COVID-19. Like imagine if the NBA said, okay, if you're a team with players who have the virus, you can't play, but the other teams could keep going. Like that would be ridiculous. Like you're going to let these teams just like stack, you know, inflate their stats and, and keep going while the rest can't. Like it's just ridiculous. And, you know, as far as the idea of not letting them have D's or F's and just like, you know, freeze their grade, make sure they get a passing grade, but let certain students, you know, keep going on the work. It's just like, to me, that's half-stepping. That's like the easy answer. The easy answer is to say, well, at least we didn't give them F's. And at least we gave them a chance, but that's not bold enough. That's not enough to help that student who feels like, man, I really could have did something, but I couldn't. And my, my friend ended up with the A in that class. I loved that class and I couldn't do that work. And I got stuck with a, a C like, nah, why, why would we do that to a kid? Well, and I'm, I'm going to, I already know the answer that I would give to this question, but I'm sure you've probably been challenged with this one. Well, if we give everybody an A, how do we know who's ready for college? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that actually I think the the superintendent of San Francisco Unified School District um in his you know San Francisco thought about the universal A's policy as some call it and backtracked and now they're just doing credit no credit. And one thing that he said is like giving everyone an A doesn't give you an accurate measure of their academic success. I don't know what in the world any grades any grading policy at all during a pandemic can do to give you an accurate measure. Like first of all, I mean they're not an accurate measure in the first place. I mean, I think there's plenty of research to support that, um, you know, just because you're scoring a certain certain amount in this class and that class, that doesn't mean you go off to college and do great because, you know, there's there's plenty, plenty there. But aside from that, like, this is no time to measure college readiness. This is one semester out of eight, you know, in most school systems. So eight semesters, we're taking one semester off in terms of the rat race to get your GPA and, uh, you know, class ranking where you want it to be. Like you got plenty of other semesters to look at. Don't talk to me about college readiness in a pandemic. 
especially since different schools and different districts have their own levels of grade inflation and, and all that. And one thing that I said to my colleagues yesterday, so my school staff was um, and continues to be mixed about that idea of give them all A's, but they are really awesome in that they were willing to get together voluntarily on a, a giant Google Meet and discuss it and have like a constructive discussion about it. Um, which, you know, I really appreciate because I think at a lot of schools that there's not enough staff cohesion to do that. But in any case, um, you know, one thing that I was saying to them is that, you know, our students, even the 0.0 GPA kid that you have whatever thoughts about, they are all smart enough to know that if they get an A in all A's on their transcript for this semester, that it's a one-time global pandemic emergency symbolic gesture. None of them are going to go on through life thinking, oh yeah, I'll just get A's automatically. At the end of the day, I'll just get, like none of them are silly enough to think that this is like the new standard for the future. None of them are. So, you know, that that whole idea of either college readiness or a kid, you know, thinking that they're, you know, doing excellent and like they they know the deal. This is a symbolic gesture. Um, if I had it my way, if I could just wave a wand, the transcripts at every school across the whole country, like we would just have either an asterisk or just a blank spot all the way through just to equalize it. But but you can't do that because schools can do whatever the hell they want. So to me, an A makes it to where none of my students, at least, are going to fall further behind in their academic measure than other students, period. So, I mean... It's one semester. It's, it's one semester. And this is a global pandemic. We've lost so many people to this. I have so many students who have relatives who have, who have suffered because of this and have had folks laid off. It's just like, let's give them the love that show them like, look, we see you. We understand this is an impossible ask of you and of teachers. And we're going to do the best we can to get the most learning out of this as we can. But at the end of the day, I am acknowledging you with the A and I look forward to seeing you happy and healthy next school year hopefully in person because you know we're going to get back together and we're going to we're going to we're going to be all right my final guest is education consultant speaker and author ken o'connor ken's books include 15 fixes for broken grades and how to grade for learning recently ken tweeted out a critique of washington's do no harm grading policy and so i wanted to find out what his thoughts were on the superintendent's decision and what he considered are the best practices during this time i was impressed by the video i i thought the he showed a you know a lot of empathy a lot of understanding of how complex the issue is um and i recognize that you know these are difficult decisions to make this isn't this isn't easy, and at some point, you've got to say, "This is what we're going to do." Um, and so, um, putting it in that context, it may be almost being hypercritical, but to me, the issue is the letter grades that 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 students are going to be able to get A's, B's, and C's at a time when there is such a variation of ability to participate for good reasons, for bad reasons, for indifferent reasons, and that given the nature of the learning that's taking place, the nature of the assessment that's taking place, so we've got the equity issue on the one hand, and we've got the accuracy issue on the other. Under these circumstances, can we really collect evidence that allows us to make that sort of discrimination? One of the positive things I see coming out of this is colleges and especially some of the elite colleges acknowledging that they've always been and in this situation will be much more flexible than people think they are 
and that they will continue to do that. Yeah. I mean, too many high school teachers, too many kids, too many parents seem to think that the only thing that colleges look at is GPA and, you know, SAT or ACT, depending on where you are. And what the colleges are making, I mean, they've been making it clear for a number of years, but in this situation, they're making it even clearer that with very few exceptions, that's not what they do. Moving forward here into the 2020-2021 school year, more than likely, I mean, we're not going to be opening up. And if we do open up, it won't look like it does today. What would you recommend going forward? Yeah, that's a, 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 good, a really good question. Um, I mean, I, I must admit, I haven't thought about it a great deal. What I've been thinking about more is one of the things that we've always advocated is from a standards-based perspective that are being highlighted now that hopefully will continue into next year. I guess the things I would recommend is that everybody should be doing it, taking a standards-based approach because, I mean, what one of the highlighted things here has been everywhere, it seems to be, focus on the essentials, the power standards, the critical standards, whatever they're called. And, and that's, I think, in a lot of places, forcing people to focus on a standards-based approach when they haven't in the past. And so hopefully that will continue. And then I think, you know, as soon as you are standards-based, a lot of traditional practices don't make any sense anymore. I mean, if you're saying this is where a kid is on a standard, it doesn't make sense to be penalizing them for late work. It doesn't make sense to be giving them extra credit or bonus points. Um, and I could go through, you know, many other things that once you're standards-based, a lot of the bad traditional grading practices in a sense, go away because they no longer make any sense. Right. Well, and if you want to report something like that, you can report is consistently late with their work. You can yeah. report that. You don't have to mark down their writing ability because it's late yeah. or their, you know, their speaking or their research ability because it's late. You can report is consistently late with their work. Yeah. Jenny is a brilliant writer, but she's always late. Right. That both pieces are important. And I mean, two other things that I hope will come out of it, especially at the high school level, better narrative, you know, clearer what needs to be in narrative and not nice kid, pleasure to teach, um, try harder. Um, and secondly, that hopefully because in this situation you really can't see the behaviors, I mean, except I suppose for kids not doing things that you would like them to be doing, I think it's become clearer that, you know, grades should be about achievement and achievement only, but the behaviors are important. So I hope that one of the other things that may happen is that we may move to more high schools doing what I call expanded format reporting, you know, having that part, a part of the report card where you choose three to six behaviors, learning skills, whatever you want to call them, uh, and report on those for each student in each subject. It is difficult to accurately and fairly communicate learning at any point in history. This is a complicated time, but we need a simple solution, a solution that truly does no harm when honoring our students. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit the subscribe button so that you do not miss future installments of TG2Cast. And remember to leave a rating or review. We appreciate your support 